Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. If you have not noticed up until this point, I am a very formulated grandbaby. I love me a good E equals MC squared. I love to essentially see a problem and dissect it where I actually learn what caused that problem, which you should and should not do in the future. It does nothing more than to bring me great joy than to get an equation from a problem. And I think that's what makes me a little bit you know, on the elite side of the grandbaby list because most people focus on the emotion of the problem, how it's making them feel. And so they go on this tangent to try to diffuse the emotion. So they pick up advice or they go to a certain person or they, you know what, I just got to escape it some kind of way. Essentially, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to escape the problem. But I think that the true essence of a problem is to get an equation out of that. Man, when I don't study for a test in a time frame that gives me enough time to absorb it in A, B, and C, this happens. So going forward, what I'm going to do is make sure that I put on my calendar all the days that there's a list or any kind of, or a test or any kind of due date so that I can pace myself to absorb the information that I'm going to be tested on. Versus you got the bad grade. Now you're upset. You're beating yourself up. Man, school's not, it's probably not for, and you're going down this tunnel of emotion when you were just supposed to get an equation. This happened because of this and my results were that. It's simply what I have just adopted. It has been such a life-changing perspective for me. I don't, Because we can all just really get to a side that you're beating yourself up. You're making yourself feel like, oh, why is your picker off? Why did you choose that? man? And it's so easy to beat yourself up. But it's more beneficial for you to zoom out and go, okay. So when I don't, don't check the expiration date on these particular ingredients and I decide to cook with it anyway, I make myself and people sick. It's very not you're the worst cook in the world. Oh, you so embarrassed. You let people no. Let's go ahead, look, trace back. Let's kind of lay everything out on the table and go. What happened? You know what? That cheese did have a smell, but I kept going. You see what I'm saying? Like, let's not push through the items that we kind of use to make the decision. Because so many times you're beating yourself up and it's like, listen, there's an ingredient that should have never been factored in. And for whatever the reason, you factored that particular ingredient in. And that's the only reason why you move forward with that decision. The reason why you got that grade on that test is because you didn't know that there was a test. And so you were like, oh, so from the information you had, you went back home, you crammed, and then that's why you got that result. So it's not a matter of beating yourself up because the information that you had is going back and saying, how can I work and cook better with different ingredients? 
Go back to the source. Go back to what you use. Go back to the, the drawing board, if you will, and just say, you know what? It's, it will probably play out differently for me in the future had I known. So I'm going to implement this particular way of functioning to make sure that I never perish because of a lack of knowledge, like the Bible says. And so thinking about how we just go ahead and make decisions and all the other different conversations that we've been having up to late, something got my attention. I noticed that, and that's why I've been having the conversations with you, like I give up, (laughs) you know, just those kind of things. And it's because I was experiencing an absence of continual joy and peace. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, I don't, I don't want to wake up and it's kind of like my emotions hook up to a Wi-Fi of a thought or something that actually happened either in my dream or a couple of days ago. And I'm just hooking up to the last thing that my emotions know how to hook up to. So I'm then now experiencing that kind of day. Like I've literally began to wake up and say, God, I hook to your Wi-Fi to your, the fruits of the spirit, to your being, I'm worshiping you in spirit and truth. Like not to be no thumper grandbaby, but I just decided the way that I am wired is I like to think on something and think on these things, right? Like the way that Paul said. And so, because I know that if I don't go ahead and set myself up for success, then I'm going to go ahead and let failure into the chat. And I don't want that kind of day. When you wake up and you just feel like, yo, I'm kind of off. No, 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 no. I'm not accepting that, bro. I ain't even have 20 minutes of this new day yet. Absolutely not. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that whatever it is that my body is seeking, whatever it is that I would like to focus on, I pray that it is of you and only of you. And I rebuke anything else that's trying to compete with that. Because where you reign, it cannot be anything else. Where light is, darkness cannot exist. And so I'm going to go ahead and put the foot, the foot to the metal. And when I put my foot to this carpet, uh, it's going to literally be a day that you destined for me to have. And I'm not accepting anything else in the name and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Period. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And so I was able to start to see like, yo, if I'm not intentional about what I think about, then I'm just kind of like exposed to how I'm going to feel. And then I started making me think about other things. I was like, time out. So the last couple of whatever, put a time to it, last couple of weeks, I've been feeling off. Why is that? Because uh, I went ahead and stepped out on faith and launched some things and put some things out in obedience. And I didn't see the results that I felt would have excited me or encouraged me to go ahead and pursue other avenues of the creative space that God is placing me in. And I was like, why did I go from excited to launch? Can't wait. This is so exciting. To launching and feeling like, oh, this is, I, this is not, this doesn't feel good to me. And it's because I was watching the numbers. How many views? How many clicks? How many? The world that we live in allows for you to quantify how received you are. 
you know, if you don't got this many followers, then, like, are you even really popular or successful or an influencer or a good business or blah, blah, blah? If you're not getting this many sales within a week, like, are you really scaling your business? Are you really doing it? Like, are you chasing the bag or you just holding the, a plastic bag because, like, what's going to fit in that? And so this world allows for you to quantify success. And which, if it's not cared for and catered to in a different way, you'll start to quantify your worth. You'll start to feel some kind of way that such and such is doing this. And here I am walking out on faith. I didn't even want to do this in the first place because I would much rather, there is something about needing or launching something that I need other people to go ahead and purchase or support. Or I would much rather launch something that is like, <laughs> I don't want to ever have to market. I don't want to ever have to advertise. I don't want to have to ever do anything. It's like a doctor never has to say, you're opened up a practice. Like, no, people are hurting in these streets and they're going to come here. <laughs> like, that's just how that works. A grocery store never has to say, yo, anybody want to buy some food? Like, no, people get hungry, so they eventually come there. But when you start to then now fit in spaces where you're competing with different niches and all these other different things, it starts to feel like, why do I have to scream from the mountaintops? I really would like for you to support and I really would like for you to go ahead and this down the third and I really have a gift that I would love to share and God made me an encourager and I'm trying to encourage people and I'm walking in obedience and it's like can I say something pause pause you conform to the world when you allow the world to put a formula to your anointing to your calling to your purpose we're not doing that and I saw a grave difference between when I was watching the numbers and when I finally said, bruh, I give up and I didn't watch the numbers. There was a level of peace. And I was like, yo, the deaconess, her, me, would you focus on, baby, can you focus on me, was absolutely correct amundo. <laughs> What you focus on really is way more spiritual. I don't know if she knew she was singing the gospel, but that definitely spoke to my spirit because it was like, time out. I think I got a new equation. Bruh, what you see morphs to you, what you react to, and then that equates to what you receive. See plus react equals receive. See plus react equals receive. I was like, time out because the scientific baby that I am, <laughs> you're going to have to put it to a test. So I was like, bet, time out. The woman with the issue of blood, she saw Jesus, see? So that didn't let her to touch his robe, react. And so she received healing. Received. Oh, so then you know the kind of grandbaby I am. It's like, okay, that may have just been the luck of the draw. Do it again. I said, okay, when Eve, when she saw the fruit was beautiful, see, she then, that led her to eat the fruit, react, and she received a spiritual death, received. Oh, bruh. 
time out. Cause what you finna do? I said, talk about um Peter walking on water. That's what you getting ready to do? Absolutely. Like why not? And that's what the Holy Spirit told me to do. So that's what we getting ready to do. Real quick, Matthew 14. I want to start from verse 22. And you know I read in the NLT version. By this time we've been talking all this. Oh, okay, because I thought you was gonna say what version? I'm like, do you Okay, so 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. 24, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. 25, About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. 28. Then Peter called to him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. 29. Yes, come. Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. 31. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? 32. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. 33, then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. What happened here? Literally an example of side A and side B of the old school mixtapes. The disciples saw um, something walking on water. They then reacted to it as um oh that's a ghost and then what they received was fear fear so strong that even when jesus confirmed that it was him it still was like nah (laughs) i don't really i I never saw him walk on water sir like if you would have walked on water before and if you said it was me i would have been like oh cool because sometimes he do that but like to be the first time i ever seen you do this you nope (laughs) <laughs> you okay so if you jesus stay right there because still scared sir <laughs> still scared um and that's how that worked out but when the bible says that he spoke at once don't be afraid he said take courage i am here in verse 27 28 immediately follows and says then peter called to him lord if it's really you tell me to come to you walking on the water i love the fact that sidebar i can see it now that that peter didn't say lord if it's you um and I kind of like test him with a question or Lord, if it's you, um, reveal yourself in, in a way that doesn't make us scared. Lord, if it's you, can you hurry up and get on the boat so we can stop being afraid? Um, Lord, if it's you, can you go ahead and make the, um, you know, the, the winds in a way, like, can you make it less scary? Like, Lord, like it wasn't a Lord. Can you do this for me or for us? It was Lord. Can I go where you're at? So I can experience what you're experiencing. And even in that There's a gem there. I don't want you to fix my fear 
I want you to take me where you're at so I'll have your strength, your perspective, and ultimately react like you. Because uh, that says a lot in his request. It's almost like the way that Solomon was like, look, I don't want riches. I don't want gold. I just want you to give me the heart to govern these people. I've never done this before. God was like, really? You didn't ask me to do anything for you? <laughs> That's pretty dope. And now that I see it, I think uh, Peter should enter that particular list as well. But he literally said in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, was the verb that she used. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. But he said, I don't want to just experience watching you walk on water. I want to experience walking on water with you. That's a different kind of posture when everyone around you is experiencing fear. What he's ultimately saying is, I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to even be where everybody else is at. Can you call me to have the same strength as you? Because I would love to experience a different side of life with you. Oh, my goodness. Lord, if we would just adopt some of that. If we would just adopt the Lord, I understand that it's a recession. But can you call me out to the riches and the glory of of Jesus Christ that I'm supposed to be the heir of? Lord, I understand that everybody else in this family is experiencing this particular health issues. But the Bible says that by his stripes, I am healed. So can I experience the health that I was meant to have, that I was destined and, and, and given dominion over? Can I go ahead and experience that? Because I'm not about to stay in this boat with the rest of the family illness. I'm not staying in this boat with the rest of the family financial issues. I'm not staying on this boat of broken families and marriages and relationships. I'm not staying on this boat. So because I already know what this boat offers, because this is regular, I would love for you to call me out of the boat, call me into the out so I can experience something far different, but I don't want to experience this without you. I understand that if I walk on this boat on my own strength, that I'm going to be drinking chlorine and salt water. And so what I need for you to go ahead and do, Lord, is that when you call me, I want you to make sure that you're listening to what I'm asking for. I want to walk on water with you. Notice what Peter did. Lord, if it's really you getting confirmation, tell me to come to you. Asking, saying, hey, I'm, if you command it, I know that you got to support it. If you called me out to this particular position, I know that you're going to support me here. If you called me to move and go in this place, then I know you got to provide provision. If you called me to this particular person to be this particular spouse, then I know that you're going to go ahead and anoint this covenant. You got to call me out to this. I know what I want, but I got to hear you say that. Call me, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I want to be real clear. I don't want to just appear next to you. I don't want to swim to you. I don't want, mm -mm. I see you doing something that looks a lot like, oh, that looks pretty dope. And it looks like you, you have got to be from a different kind of, I don't know, but that looks like the average person don't do that. So I want you to go ahead and um, command that I'm going to do this too, but I want to do it the way that you're doing it. God, if you go ahead and call me to something, That's how I know it's really you because you'll call me to it and you'll call me to it in a way that no one else has been able to approach it. Yeah, you're going to make me be a wife that no one else has ever really seen. You're going to have, I'm going to have a covenant that the majority of my friends and family, they can't wrap their head around it because it's like, what? It's like, listen, you don't understand. God called me to this. So I automatically demand that I have a different result. 
yeah, if it's really you, God, call me to this person and I expect this particular result. Peter, even Peter was doing equations. <laughs> he was like, if it's really you, confirmation, tell me to come to you because if you called me, you got to keep me. Walking on the water, this is what I would like to do. Yeah, I'm not, God, I'm not asking you to do something I can do in my own strength. I'm not asking you to do something I can do with, you know, in my sleep. I'm asking you to confirm something that's going to challenge my faith, but at the same time, the result's going to be worth it. Because if I get out this boat, I'm going to be by myself. If I start walking to you, bro, I never did this before. I, I, I swam. He was a fisherman. He's used to the water. But, like, uh, he never walked on it. So, yeah, like, yo, if I'm going to step out this boat, it's going to have to be worth it. Because I need to be able to say, bro, I walked on water with Jesus. <laughs> it it got to be worth it. I'm going to be alone, sir. You even said in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. So if I'm going to be alone in this faith walk, then it has to be worth it when I come out of this. If I'm going to go ahead and launch this business, sir, and I don't see nobody else in my family, no other friends, I don't got nobody close to me that can be like, oh, this is what you can expect, and this is this is the way you run a business. If I'm going to go ahead and do this, sir, I'm expecting that if you called me out to do this, then I'm going to experience something that nobody else that's currently in my particular space or face is going to experience. I expect to launch and to be successful. I expect to graduate and then get a job that makes some sense. I expect to go ahead and get some tangible items and have the finances and the provisions to take care of it. If I step out and do what other people are afraid to do, then I demand and expect in my faith and my expectation period to receive something that only God can give me. Because everybody else with that credit score is not getting that. Everybody else making that particular amount in that tax bracket is not receiving that. Everybody else with this particular age bracket or whatever is not having lengthy marriages. Everybody else who did that young or, or not at the age that the world would say, oh, that's a good age to do, fill in the blank, is not receiving that. But I know that if you call me out there, if I get the confirmation that it's you, and then I get the obedience and the boldness to step out, then I better experience something that nobody else has ever experienced it because I've seen it in the Bible and I've seen it in my own life. And to be honest with you guys, uh, I don't want to be regular no more. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's how we getting ready to work out. <laughs> and that's kind of dope that I got that in real time. That's all Holy Spirit because it's like, yo, to be honest, that's essentially what I've been feeling. I could do the regular, this is the way you go to work and keep going nine to five to work. And then you come home and you're tired because you work a nine to five and these people don't value you. And now you like, what the crap, dude? <laughs> like, you see, what I, I don't want to be on my grandbaby Seuss, but like, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's draining. We're not called to be like everybody else. You got a particular set of passions, a particular set of skills. Like you got things about you that is just so different and you keep waking up every day trying to be everybody else and you on the boat and your insides, there's a storm inside of you because you're trying to be on a boat with everybody else. And most of the time, you're not even trying to be on the boat like everybody else because that's what you desire. It's because you don't know the proper sequence to ask God to get you outside the boat. But sometimes what you don't realize is that God has to orchestrate a storm to bring some things out of you. Because if not for that storm, 
Would Peter have ever had an opportunity to be like, I want to walk on water with you? No. But what do we do? We look at the storm and we get upset. We get in our emotions. Every time I look around, there's a storm. I'm trying to just do God's will. Jesus literally put me on the boat. He told me to go to the other side. And now I'm on the other side. And I'm experiencing all this hardship. And I'm experiencing all this pushback. And I cannot take anymore. And it's like, bro, can I tell you something? Wah, wah, wah. Like, take the pacifier out, B. Like at this point, like we gonna we gonna buckle our Tims up. I don't care if you from New York like me or not. You gonna buckle your Tims up and you gonna make it happen, bruh. Like no more pacification. Start looking at stuff different. Like yo, why would Jesus put you in a boat strategically? Tell you to go in that direction where the storm. He knew the storm was gonna be there. But what was the storm supposed to produce for you? What was it supposed to produce for you? I didn't come here for this. I was just trying to, what is the storm trying to produce out of you? If not for the storm, we would have never read that Peter walked on water. But it had to be a storm. It had to be a certain kind of sequence to be like, oh, you know, theatrics and made for a good scene. It's a storm. It's the winds. It's a ghost. It's a bestseller. <laughs> you understand? Like we had to get all those particular elements, but we often look at it like, God, I want to walk on water, but I want it to be on a sunny day in a beach in paradise somewhere. Why? You don't get to choose the environments that bring out the best in you. Like, I feel like I would have a much better work environment if I had another supervisor. Why? Maybe God's trying to show you something in the area of supervision and leadership that you will only understand with this firsthand knowledge because you're going to have a heart for people in a way that nobody else has when you get to that position. So right now, while you're serving underneath that particular pharaoh, I need you just to develop the heart for people. I need you to go ahead and make sure that when you get there that you're not pharaoh junior. God, I feel like if I just came from another family, why? You don't understand that the calling that's on your life nine times out of ten, your experiences and your environments are going to aid your purpose in life? You think people who got a heart for people always had people supporting them? No, they knew what it felt like not to be catered to. They knew what it felt like to feel abandoned. They knew what it felt like most of the people that have nonprofits and all other kind of things that were successful, they got a story behind it because they had to experience some level of what we call hardship. But what if it was just the ship and the storm that was the perfected stage for you to walk on water? What if? We got to stop looking at stuff and feeling like, oh, but this is happening to me. Like I said before, it's happening for you. But we get so wrapped up in the external that we completely miss what he's trying to do and produce internally and spiritually in us. So literally, when I read this chapter, not only that's real time seeing that, but what got my attention was verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Go back. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, what he saw, see, he was terrified, react, and began to sink, receive, 
do it again? Will do. But when he saw the strong wind in the waves, see, he was terrified and began to sink. He was terrified, reacting, and began to sink. That's what he received. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So you mean to tell me that there is a kind of connection between what you see because it forces you to react and then how you react essentially is what you believe in. So that's what you receive. You literally are receiving something because you subscribe to believing in something. How did you go, Peter, from saying, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to walk on water with you? Because initially what you saw is you saw Jesus first. You didn't see the waves and the winds when everybody else was scared. You saw Jesus and said, Jesus, if that's you, call me to walk on water with you. And so because that's who you saw, it made you react and say, ooh, I want to go out there with you. And so what did you receive? That you're the only other documented human being that walked on water with Jesus. But in that same thought process, you then, a couple of verses later, uh, saw the strong wind in the waves. So you adjusted your sight. Then you became terrified. It produced a different reaction in you. And then you began to sink. And so you received what you believed. How? How, 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 did, that, how did you change the story just that quick? But you know what this goes to show? <laughs> he was the perfect example of when you shift what you focus on, you shift what you receive. That's your challenge. What are you currently feeling? I want you to reverse engineer it and ask yourself, what am I seeing that's causing me to react this way? Because it's obvious that this is why I'm, I'm receiving this. What am I seeing that's causing me to react and is equating to what I'm currently receiving. What am I seeing? React, receive, see, react, receive. And I want you to apply that equation to whatever area of your life that's currently uncomfortable. What did the doctor say? That you're actually starting to feel that and so that's what you're receiving. What does your boss say? That you're now starting to act like that so this is why you're receiving that. What did that bill say? What does your bank account say? What did that relationship person say? What did that family member say? What is happening in you? There's a couple of other contingencies and pieces and variables that goes along with that. See, react, receive. Do you understand that? Okay. Uh, I think you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? absolutely conversations that nobody else is going to have with you. Absolutely not a, not a soul in the grandbaby community, but who your favorite home girl. Why were you created to multiply? Very good. Uh, www.created to the number two multiply.com is where you will find all the things that listen. When I say walking on obedience, I'm talking about, this is very much given walking on water. This is very much, I could stay on a boat and be scared, but you know what? Very much refuse to receive anything else, but then what God told me to do and receive the end.
we gonna learn this thing together. We about to be dope together. And I refuse for life to look any other way outside of dominion, conquering, and abundance. And that's just that on that. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go. Mm-hmm. We talk later, okay? All right. Later.